Wonderful. There's lots going on. Like Caroline said, there are flyers down here as well for you to take and invite. And the nativity, we have adults in full costume which are in the process of being made. It's going to be quite a spectacle down here in the park and up at Marley Hill as well. So make sure that you come and you invite. Have I forgotten anything? Shout at me if I've forgotten anything. I don't have. Okay. So this morning, we are going to be... um, We've been doing a series called Overflow of the Heart, and, and we're gonna, we were looking at kind of what is going on in us and what is it that overflows into our families, friendships, into our, into our streets, and we've looked at thankfulness, we've looked at honour, and we've looked at celebration, Re- three like, really important things when it comes to our hearts and when God is deeply at work, what overflows to those around us. And it's so easy sometimes to like gloss over celebration in particular. And uh, as it is with thankfulness and with honour. So we can skip over it in our lives, we can skip over it in our culture. And uh, my observation, just of, you know, just observation of our sort of prevailing culture is that we're, we're much more easily uh, able to criticise or be cynical than we are uh, to celebrate, particularly with this backdrop and this reality of this uh, global pandemic that we are finding ourselves in. So much pain, so much confusion. But we can and we should celebrate as well, which is what we're going to do today. And last week we had a brilliant guest speaker, animated, larger than life, Ian Galloway was here. I was with the children, so I watched it caught up online. But he, was, he opened up this theme of celebration in such a fun way. And his points that he made were so brilliant. I just thought I'm just going to remind us of them before we launch into what we're going to do today. He said that celebration is special. It has to be special. It's different. It's kind of set apart. It's like a holy thing that we can do. Celebration is socially said. We come together and we do it together. We belong together. I belong to you. You belong to me. We're a family. We're connecting. He talked about communion. That 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 sense of celebration where everyone gets a piece. Everyone can feed on Jesus together. He talked about celebration as appreciation. That. Um, is there something or someone, like when we celebrate, we're celebrating someone or something that we stop to do. When we give our appreciation, um, you know, like he used a birthday uh, party as an analogy, we stop to celebrate someone for who they are. Or sometimes we stop to celebrate someone or some, yeah, an organization even for what they do, to honor them, to remember, to retell the story. And there are some people today that we want to celebrate, we want to praise them, we want to honor them. So your main job today is to cheer loudly and to clap wildly, okay, in a little while. Celebration as well, Ian said last week, was about participation, about getting involved, saying it, writing it, demonstrating it. Celebration doesn't just happen, we need to take time and space to do it. And that is exactly what we are going to do this morning. This morning, we have called Celebration Sunday. And we do this from time to time where we just want to honor people and stop and say, this is a different sort of morning. We're simply going to show appreciation and thanks. So we've set aside this morning to do that. And the, there are so many people that we could choose to celebrate and we could choose to thank. But this morning, um, we've decided to uh, stop and to thank those that are involved in education in some way and who are involved in healthcare in some way. I wanted to do that because those two groups of people, I mean there are a million others as well, but I think so often are underappreciated, under-celebrated for the most amazing work they do day and night to look after us all. So In a world that takes people for granted, this morning we're going to stop and we're going to celebrate because it doesn't happen enough. And hopefully we can have a good practice this morning and we will be much more likely to go away and do that. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to have Joa, John and Charlotte and Adam are going to come and join me and hopefully I've spaced things out and we've got microphones that we can wipe and pass along and all that so hopefully <laughs> it should all work but let's just let's just stop and uh, and just welcome the Holy Spirit as we come together to set this time aside to appreciate and to celebrate and to honor
Yeah, Father, we thank you that you've made us with the capacity to celebrate, to appreciate, to be thankful, to honor each other. Thank you that you've made us to do that because it's important to you. Thank you that what we see this morning in those that we're going to hear from is the voice of, um, of you expressed in your creation. Oh, would you help us where we might naturally be maybe more reserved in our celebration, <laughs> where it might not be the most natural thing for us? Or would you help us to just be free and... Um, yeah, just to, to um, encourage and to thank and to celebrate. As you do every day of our lives, you celebrate and cheer us on. Lord, would you help us to be a church that celebrate and cheer each other on? And Lord, would this just be the tip of the iceberg? Would we celebrate one another? Would we look for ways to celebrate and thank and honor as an overflow of your deep work in us, refining us and making us more like you, Father. So we just welcome your Holy Spirit. Would you increase, and with our children as well, as they gather in their groups, would your Spirit fall? Would you rest upon us? Amen. Amen. So, they're often hidden away, working hard for everyone else. So we want to appreciate um, Ajoa, John and Charlotte and Adam. If you want to come and grab a seat with us this morning, we'll start with those involved in medical care. And I know there are, there are loads in the church who have different roles, and even here, sitting here this morning, but I couldn't ask everybody. So, so we're going to talk with these guys. Let me get rid of that. Okie doke. Hey. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Let's see. You have that one, I'm told. We haven't practiced this, so we're kind of hope that all of this works smoothly. We'll soon see. Here we go. Right. A Joa. Would you like her to have a look? I'm gonna stand down here so I'm a bit away from you. Would you like to just have a try of that microphone, see if that's it? <laughs> Are we good? I think you've got to test it again. <laughs> yeah, he's got, got a thumbs up. Great. So these lovely people, very kindly, I've sent them some, some pre-warned questions this week. Um, yeah, but each of you, I've got my back to you now, but I want to say that these guys, each of them and those they represent, you are a gift of God to the world, okay? We want to celebrate your skill, your care, your dedication, your tireless compassion in light of very little thanks. We want to say thank you this morning to all of you, medics who take part of your body that you never even knew existed, do you, until you have a bit of a problem? <laughs> and then they know what's going on. Radiographers, photographers who find what needs to be found. When we see you and we see your colleagues at work being kind, helping us to mend, repair parts of us that are broken, we see God. We see love, we see care, we see compassion. And all of us, I think, have been recipients of that care through our lives. I'm going to play a little game now. Hands up if in your life, someone you know, their life has been saved by medical care. Put your hand up. Someone you know, their actual life has been saved by medical care. Hands up. Okay, put down. That's amazing, isn't that? Amazing. Put your hands up if you've been treated for anything by your GP. <laughs> Some healthy people at the back, I like it. Um, hands up if you've seen a dentist, a health visitor, or an optician. Okay, so all of us are recipients of this incredible care that people like you give to us all the time. There is so much to celebrate and say thank you for. Oh, so? Yeah, hands up if you have to pay for it. 
There you go. <laughs> so I want to ask you questions today. So Ajoa, I'm going to go first. Why, if you could keep the mic nice and high, why did you decide to become a doctor? Or train to be a doctor? So what do you, can you put it in a nutshell, like what do you love like best about your job? Yeah. Oh, like it's just this, it's still I mean I've delivered probably about seven hundred babies in my career, but it every time it's just mind boggling. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> what are you doing in there? <laughs> like, it's a new person and just you know when you see the parents, and particularly the dads when like they like cry and it's just like this it's just the most amazing thing and being able to be there to think that, you know, if if I wasn't there we Can we just hear for her for the whole of the rest of the morning? <laughs> and this last um, couple of years has been a challenging one. The last 18 months in particular. You've got two little boys at home. How, how, has the last, uh, how has it been for you, juggling work and all of that that's been going on? culture shock um, and it's yeah it's been hard there's obviously been staff shortages there's been people we're always understaffed anyway and there's been people that have had to isolate people that have had COVID leaves working at 50% capacity um, and so I think like the mental load as well it's just been it's been hard you know you work a lot thinking all the time you're worrying about your colleagues and you know it's just, there's been a lot and so but at the same time you want to be able to give your full self mind and body to your kids and to your the other things in your life so it's that's it's been challenging it's 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 not been it's not been an easy 18 months but um but you know we're, we're here and god has been our grace and our strength so how can we be praying for you and your colleagues now and kind of looking forward as well I think um, just to remember why you do it and I guess the, the difference that you make to, to other people and not to get too overwhelmed with the kind of um, the you know I, people's ideas and you know I think just just that resilience just to keep going because it does matter and um, you know and it's like just to know that like it's valued it's the, the people that you impact are you know they do see the value in it We're going to pray um, for all of you and for all the things that kind of you're telling us at the, at the end. So if we can just move on. I love hearing you talk about delivering babies. I could listen to that all day. Charlotte, um, and if you could pass that mic, and there's some wet wipes, some, some wipes there. So if you might to mute that one mic while that one's being cleaned, that'd be wonderful. This is Charlotte. Charlotte, let me turn my page over so I don't get befuddled. Um, tell us what you do um yeah i'm a medical photographer so um half the team which is i'm in we um scan eyes and take images of 
outside, inside, through, eyes. And the other half basically do everything else. We've got a studio, we go on wards and, theater, and clinics and theatres and do all the other stuff. Uh, Joe, if you want to put the photos up of um, some of Charlotte's work. Eyes oh, are beautiful. And people do these kind of work in, in health service and healthcare that I had never really thought about until I met you, actually. Um, I have no idea what they mean. You know what all about them, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I know you do. Yeah, the line ones are the main ones we do, and that's looking at the centre of your eye, which is what allows you to read, see faces. Um, in macular degeneration, diabetes can cause a lot of fluid, and there could be tears and holes, so we can image, which the doctor wouldn't know about. And the, um, we do dye tests, like angiography, so we inject dye and see if there's blockages and leakages. Um, and we do the front of the eye for conditions. And that red one is a photograph of the inside of the eye. My colleague Tuckin has won an award for, so I thought I'd add that one in. <laughs> um, but the others are from the internet, not patients. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And I think we can probably kind of guess it, but what, why is what you do absolutely vital? Um, because um, doctors can't diagnose half the conditions and diabetic and macular patients can come every four to eight weeks because they need treatment. And within the pandemic, because of close distances, doctors weren't allowed to look in the eyes unless it was urgent. Ah, yeah. So they've heavily relied on us imaging. We've done more types of photos and imaged more. And it means we've had to be the doctor eyes. So knowing what's going on ourselves to... <laughs> spot anything. Brilliant. And you, um, in the middle of the pandemic, you live up in Northumberland and you were like the only person on the bus, on the only bus, on the A1 kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and, and you've experienced tragedy in your own family um, through, through COVID last year as it drew to an end. And how has it been for you focusing on these patients, playing a really important role in the middle of all of that, uh, with everything that was going on in, in your life, how has it been for you? Um, well, this year I've not been at work a lot. <laughs> um, I've really been to long COVID and then a broken foot. Um, but it's been challenging in a few ways. My dad was one of our patients, so that was really hard. A lot of my staff knew him and not seeing him was difficult. Um, having patients come in and obviously COVID's on the forefront and having to talk and relieve their fears when you know what the damage it can do is. Um, and yeah, but I think there's patients, like I said, if they're not getting treated every four or six weeks, they're gonna permanently lose their sight. Um, so, you know, like you're kind of, it sounds cliche, but it is saving a life because once you start to lose your sight, people get depressed, people fall, people start to struggle. So it's a big. So you've carried a weighty, weighty experience. Every time you went to work, it was an emotional and a weighty thing. Thank you. We're going to cheer these guys. We're going to thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't wait for the end. And we have on, the, um, on a little video, I managed to catch Tim this week. Is this working? Okay. Okay. I caught Tim this week. Um, Joe, if you want to play that video from Tim. Again, one of these hidden jobs that go on that we don't, we don't see. Thank you for um, joining us this morning. The reason we're recording this earlier in the week is because you will be snoozing now, having finished a night shift Saturday night. Thank you for um, joining us this morning. The reason we're recording this earlier in the week is because you will be snoozing now, having finished a night shift Saturday night. So thank you for being here and part of this Celebration Sunday, Tim. Just want to ask you, what is your job? I'm a diagnostic radiographer. <laughs> and and what um, what sort of images and stuff do you do you deal with in, in that job? So I am involved in pretty much anything x-ray at hospital. So if you come to hospital and you need an x-ray, I might be the one doing it. If you need a scan for whatever reason, a CT scan, or if you need x-ray while you're having uh, like an endoscopy test, 
I would be x-raying for that. If you have an operation that needs x-ray while they're doing the operation, I would be x-raying for that. Amazing. And what kind of, what's typical kind of shift patterns for you then? Because you're, you're there on call and ready, I guess, aren't you, at different times of the day? So I work a mix of nine to five days, midday till 9 p.m., uh, half eight in the morning till nine at night or night shift. And I was just wondering, when was the last time that you were thanked for what you do for everyone? As in, like... Well, when were you, just when were you last thanked and appreciated for, for what you do? I think we... So my hospital's got a good team. So we we some we get thanked by the consultants who work in our department, and they're very good at appreciating us. Um, and our trust executive team thanked everyone um, recently. So they, you know, the trust team are aware that it's nice and they know that we often don't get recognized so they are keen to to thank us that's that's really cool well well we want to add to that thanks when any of us need to access healthcare and invariably you go for an x-ray or a scan as part of that you're there behind the scenes working really hard and um we just want to say thank you for what you do and, and everyone that does similar jobs to you behind the scenes, um, helping uh, people kind of receive the right diagnosis and the right care. You are really appreciated. So just wanted to say thank you so much, Tim. Thank you. Oh, thanks. It's, it's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to be thanked. at the back kind of making <laughs> Tim's often at the back <laughs> one of me's enough no it's not <laughs> on the live stream hello there we go <laughs> Tim often is at the back sorting out sound and all that kind of thing uh, when he's not doing his radiography and sleeping after a night shift so massive thank you to Tim Adam Yes. Yes. Say that again, which one? Yeah, yeah. The suspense. <laughs> oh. No, we need the wire. <laughs> he plays the bass, they don't do microphones, do they? <laughs> Great. I see you're very busy going with Movember. Yes, give it a go. It's, it's just coming to play just in time for the kids up week. <laughs> it's looking good, it's looking good. Just briefly, if you can, can you tell us what do you do? Uh, yep, so I am a paramedic practitioner, um, so uh, back in 2013 I qualified as a paramedic and then worked in Watford with Heath Kingdom Ambulance Service, um, doing, doing emergency care, 999 calls, all that sort of stuff, um, until 2019 and then 
we were expecting Eliza, my daughter, and it was kind of looking for a way of getting out of doing the night shifts and <laughs> getting out of the boring side of the job. That you, you know, you've seen it on the news or read whatever at hospitals. And again, just being like in preparation for uh, Eliza being in our lives, just having had an opportunity to just have a bit of a normal-ish life, uh, like life-work balance. So then, kind of made a job for myself um, and went well. Maybe I can use the experience that I've had um, over the last eight years, however long it is. And went for doctor surgery and basically said, how would you like to see less patients and not have to pay a doctor? Um, and they said yes, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, so now I deal with more minor injuries, minor illnesses, um, more urgent care. So um, sometimes it can be tricky to speak to the doctor if you've woken up and you've got, I don't know, pain, you've got ear infection, you've got is that a technical term, a gammy foot? Yes, that's, okay. that's the official diagnosis. Um, so then speak to me. Okay, cool. And then I'll close you Well, thank you very much. We all love seeing someone when, when we've got gammy foot, especially. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Brilliant. Can, um, can I ask, in your, yeah. just as you swap over in a minute, in your role, what, what are you seeing? I was speaking to someone who's a, a nurse in the community as well, and you must be seeing similar things. What is your prayer for the people that you're seeing, or even the system, or whatever? What, if you were to say, please, can you pray for this? Is it from your point of view? Uh, probably just pray for the uh, the staff, because uh, the pressure and the demand is quite substantial at the minute. So we're having to work around um, systems that are there to stop us from working so hard, but we're having to work around that and find shortcuts. Um, to fit the people in. Okay. So just, yeah, just taking a little bit of the pressure off and just for a bit more of that metal. And like Adrian said, just that reminder of why we do it, that there is light at the end of the tunnel and five o'clock does come at the end of the day. Not for John, it doesn't. Let's <laughs> can, can you guys just swap over because that's not going to reach. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, thank you. And last but by no means least, I remember a, a few months ago, I think it was, I'd watched a documentary uh, about, I think it was about surgery or something, and uh, you were playing the guitar that morning, and, and the doctor on this documentary used a phrase, he said, we heal people with our hands and our hearts. And it really kind of struck me, just the sort of what goes on, you know, behind what you see when you, you go for medical treatment or whatever, and that the doctors obviously are healing with their hearts and their hands. So, John, tell us what's your main area. Uh, so, uh, I'm a consultant gastroenterologist. Um, I really think gastro are going to be physician and endoscopist, but that's a hell of a long journey for <laughs> people to understand what that really means. Um, Don't go to you with a gammy foot, basically, is what you're yeah, saying as well. No. Probably not. No, <laughs> So liver problems, gallstones. I see a lot of people with pancreatic cancer. Um, um, the Freeman where I work is one of the biggest centres around the UK. So you know, to big up the north, we do the most of this than anywhere else in the country. Seriously. Yeah, come on. Um, and there's three of us who do what I do. They have, you know, uh, it, it, it's a uh, it's a big unit. And one of the only places during the pandemic that didn't shut stuff down. Incredible. If anything, we we took patients from Birmingham, London, all over the place. They Amazing. Came here <laughs> and why are you passionate about endoscopy and all things upper, what did you say? Upper, upper intestinal. That, um, yeah. So anyone, anyone who's in a room with me for five minutes will tell you it's very clear that I love my job. And, and I, I, I wish you knew what it was. About the age of 10, I knew I wanted to do medicine, I wanted to do a doctor. I come from a very poor background, I've a single parent family, the chances of going were small, but here I am, you know. Because God put it in my heart, so this is what you're going to do. Um, and 
and you know there's several places along the way been really through in the GCSEs and you know we've basically people in our church intervened and helped and wow. got us where we are. Um, while the laryngoscopy is it stops people having operations. Now that sounds like a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but um, I don't know about most people. If we said to you, yeah, yeah, we're going to cut you open and scoop a load of stuff out of you and you're going to spend six months getting over that, you'd probably say, is there an alternative? And so we provide some of those. Now it's not suitable for everything. Not everyone can have an alternative to that. Mm -hmm. There's stuff mm -hmm. that we do that 20 years ago would have been an operation and now completely isn't. So people turn up, they have it done as a day case, same procedure, say so that done, that day, home later if they're fine. Um, you know, that's the what did on Thursday, removed a two and a half centimetre goldstone from someone's bar box, you know, just down a scope and they went home the same day. Wow. Removed a five centimetre tumour from someone's gut, you know, down an endoscope, went home the following day, they're fine, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That would have been a, in hospital for seven days minimum, recovering for, for three months, so it's got to be a good thing. Absolutely. So what you're doing is alleviating suffering yeah, and yeah. prolonged and quite a lot of it is that so a lot of people if you've anyone's had any experience of some of the cancers in this area so pancreas bile cancers they're horrific and um, roughly the same number of people who get them per year die of it meaning we just don't cure people this, the five-year survival rate from pancreatic cancer is seven percent to put that into some kind of other form for you to understand bowel cancer it's something like 70 percent and for some of the you know, things that you've done in gynaecology, you know, people get uh, obstinate gynae cancers and can live for years after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's horrific. And another part of my job, you talk about education, I do a lot of research and uh, you know, we've, we've got funding to do lots of things looking at how we can diagnose this earlier, treat it better, help those people who we can't cure, you know, what, what can we do for them, that, that stuff. Fantastic. And what, if we, if we want to be kind of thanking people like you, GPs, people we see, Dr. Sedgwick, all the rest of it, have you got any ideas? How could we actually take this morning and go, actually, we can thank these people that care for us in these particular ways? Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. If you um, can put the mic up a bit. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think the, the, the first thing is, is having understanding. Um, you know, I, I really, that's so why I work in secondary care, if anything, tertiary care, you know, a little ivory tower of a very small amount of things I do. The GPs are under ridiculous pressure. Um, and I, I really feel for them, you know, the, throughout the UK, a million people are being seen per day by general practice. Um, and yet somehow we feel like we're not getting in to see them. Although you never walked into a GP before and said, hi, I'd like to see them at 10 o'clock. I don't know, we, we seem to think something's changed, but all that's changed is more people want to see them. And there are less GPs, so we, we can't get in. Um, well, I, I think, as, uh, as everyone else has said, pray for the people. They're tired. They're really tired. The NHS has worked on goodwill for a very, very long time. People do not. If you work in America, you get paid ridiculously amounts more than this. People are doing this because they love their job. And, you know, if you speak to most people, they love their job. They really actually do. doesn't matter what they're doing. They love getting in there, doing the things that makes a difference to people. They love it. But, you know, th this pandemic thing has been hard work. Um, more for, because we, we've managed to get on and do most of the things we wanted to do. Um, and you've had to put on masks and all the other stuff and what have you. Um, but there's been a lack of understanding with some people. Mm -hmm. And that's been difficult. And, uh, you know, it means that when you think, oh, we'll just do this extra thing because we can, people are now less likely to do that. Yeah. So we're losing. And, and the other thing is, I, w I was ill earlier in this week or last week. Um, you used to be able to turn up with a bit of a sniffle and a cold. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> that's out of the question. So... A lot of people this time of year are not available because they're getting a swab or just checking their okay. So I think there's, there's, there's their, their mental health, I think, is one of the biggest things to, to pray for, for for most people in the NHS, wherever they are. Uh, their physical health to help them keep going. Um, and, and things like resilience. And uh, as Adam said, chocolate goes a long way. Chocolate. So we should all be <laughs> delivering chocolate yeah. to... Yeah. Okay. No, but what I mean by that is actual... Um, uh, 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 sincere thanks yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. So, you know, I remember seeing some patients on Friday in clinic and um, one of them actually seen my juniors and she said, I just wanted, she was so grateful for how we'd made it better Aww. that she made him come and tell me that she was so grateful Aww. that she didn't give me anything else. Yeah. But that makes me feel good. I'm thinking, good, you know, we'll carry on. This is a, this is a good thing. We've made someone better. And there, there's several things we, we do on a daily basis. You just go, that was really good. So, you know, sincere gratitude is, uh, is, is really, really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. I have written down some thank yous, and then Joe's just going to come and pray kind of on behalf of all of us, I guess, for, for everything. But I want to say thank you for the shift work. 
Thank you for the way you work for our good. Thank you for the way that you are there. Thank you for the hours and hours of study that you have all done to do what you do for all of us. Thank you for training others to do what you do so that they could go on and care for each other. Thank you for giving and expressing your life in a way that gives to others. Thank you for taking the pressure and the strain, particularly these last two years. Thank you so much. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your compassion with your heart and your hands. Thank you for knowing about the bits of us that we don't know about. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you for your help. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you if you're involved with medical care. And I haven't managed to get you this morning, but let's just have a huge thank you. working on this there we go lord i just thank you for these men and women lord i thank you for their lives and for the way that they have laid down their lives lord to care for and look after others lord thank you for those who are saving lives thank you for those who are bringing new life into the world lord we just pray we lift them to you um lord here represented by charlotte anna joa and john and adam lord um but all of those within this church lord who um, work in the medical profession lord we ask that you give them strength on a daily basis lord to do the work that they do lord we ask that you give them your eyes and your insight into the difficult challenges that they face uh, lord where on a human level it's hard to know what the right solution is lord would you give them your insight would you give them your eyes lord and um, would you give them your wisdom and lord on the days that are tough would you um would you give them your compassion? Would you give them your comfort? Would you give them your strength? And Lord, pray particularly for their mental health. Lord, would you protect them in that area? Lord, would they continue to be a witness as well? Lord, of, um, yeah, of just who you are in their workplaces as well. Lord, would you protect them physically at this time and this winter? Lord, we pray that, um, yeah, that they would be reduced, um, as John said, kind of colds and sniffles and things that keep them off work. Lord, would you protect them and would you keep them doing the work that you've called them to do? Lord, we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I think we're probably running a bit over time, but that's all all right for this morning. So if those who uh, I've invited, Mary, Susie, Suzanne, James, who else? I think that, is that it? Is that my list? There are others who are sitting here looking at me who I know as well are involved in education. Uh, but like I said, it's just that kind of, uh, we're, on a, we're on a time frame. Thank you so much. When we see all areas of education, I mean, do you remember that dinner lady that opened your yoghurt for you when you couldn't do it? No? No? Okay. Um, I do. Maybe it was me. I just couldn't open my yoghurt. Um, the little things. Maybe, um, the, the, you know, when you put your tables, your chairs up at the end of the day, ready for those cleaners to come in and magically make the classroom smell of disinfectant by the next morning. We never saw them as a secret army of people within education that just make it work. Those teachers who help you learn to tie shoes... Yeah, everyone's learnt to do it, I know. Those head teachers who made learning interesting, those pastoral leads, remember them at secondary school that you could go and talk to about that problem, that teacher that encouraged you, that teacher that saw something in you, that teacher that maybe told you off and you had a detention from, I know, they're all, they're all good. Education is just so important and um, we are blessed in this country to be able to experience it in the way that we do. It doesn't just happen, it takes a huge team of people. And from nursery upwards, where's Darren? Darren, come on. <laughs> I thought, who, well, whose name didn't I say? <laughs> right, cool. Everything from nursery up to uh, adulthood, education goes on. So I'm going to ask you guys if you could answer, oh dear, fairly, 
fairly briefly so that we can keep things running. Is that the right one? I hope it's the right one. Okay. So this is Suzanne and James. Woo. And you guys, do you want to just say hello in that, see if it works? Hello. Uh, these guys are husband and wife team in a primary school. The Mr. and Mrs. of the school. They're always the best ones, aren't they, as well? And um, I just want to ask both of you, why is it that you are passionate about uh, teaching primary school-aged children? Well, I, I'm especially passionate about early years, children, nursery, reception sort of age. Um, and I just find them absolutely fascinating, watching them learn and just explore and just those light bulb moments. And it's just a privilege to be a part of that. Um, and especially if you can get it right in the early years, make it fun and instill a love of learning, it kind of stands them in such good stead for the, the rest of the primary years. Um, what, do you, what do you love most, James, about yeah, your um, job? I really enjoy being able to make a difference with the children and unlocking something within them that they've maybe never had unlocked before. Amazing. Maybe being their champion or something like that and just giving them a boost. Fantastic. And this past couple of years, you've got two small children as well. You're working from home. I think you've all had COVID at some point as well. Like, how, what have the challenges been for you as primary school teachers in the same household this year in particular? Yeah. Um, where to start, I guess. Where to start. <laughs> uh, with us working in the same school, we had quite an understanding head teacher who allowed us to work almost like shifts. So if one was in school, one would be at home doing some home learning resources, things like that. So we managed to get in childcare as well. Mm -hmm. I say childcare. Obviously, we were trying to home teach our children, which was a, a challenge. <laughs> um, you, have a, you have a lot of respect for teachers when you've got to teach your own child, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So getting the work done, trying to get their work done, trying to be, keep our sanity, trying to stay positive. And you're sat together, so it's worked, which is... <laughs> which is, is the children have gone, so... <laughs> <laughs> they're, out, they're out the back. They've not gone anywhere. Fantastic. Thank you so much um, for the juggle that you guys have done with what you've been doing this week. I'm just going to turn now to Mary. There's a microphone on there, Mary. Tell us, what is your focus in education? Well, um... I'm a specialist teacher of children who have dyslexia. So I lead a small team in North Tyneside and we help children aged from six and a half years to 18 to become functional readers and spellers. And it's, it's just a very, very, very purposeful and rewarding job. And you travel and your team travels all Yeah, across. we go into 71 schools in North Tyneside, um, working with children of all ages and we help to assess them set up programs for them and train the staff to deliver those programs. And then we review them and work with the parents as well to support them. And how can we be praying uh, for you and your team and those children that you meet, yeah. families? What's, I what's think, the prayer? Yeah, the, everyone has experienced a lot of pressures recently. And I think it's having wisdom to manage the um, large demands on the team without getting burnout and also um, supporting parents to believe that the child will get there in the end, and um, encouraging staff that we're with them in this and that they're doing a great job. Thank you, Mary. Could you just pass one of those wipes? Thank you so much. Because we're going to turn to Susie in a second. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. So, thank you, Mary. We're going to have a big cheer and a pray in a minute for all of you. Um, Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this is fun. All the people who are often all behind the scenes, all on the stage, eyeballing you, it's quite fun this morning. So, what, what's your role in education? I am a teacher in a special needs school near Morpeth, and I work with the Littleys. So, when they first come to school, um, I work with the four to seven-year-olds. Um, most of them would be described as having severe or complex needs. Most of them would have a diagnosis of autism, and many of them would be non-verbal or pre-verbal, so they don't communicate with words yet. And um, often, some of them can have some quite challenging behaviours linked to the fact that they can't communicate their needs and wants effectively yet. So no day is the same. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are the... That sounds very intense. Like, can you give me, like, what is a greatest joy of your job and what is a, a challenge for you that you experience? Um, 
that's easy for the joy. <laughs> it's seeing a child um, get the voice. And that doesn't mean speak, it's just communicate in whatever form that takes. So I mentioned that a lot of the children have got some challenging behaviours and we see every behaviour as a communication. So we, it's our job to work out what the behaviour is communicating and give them an alternative, more appropriate way of communicating that. Whether that's pictures, um, so many of them will bring us symbols of something they want, or Makaton sign language, or sometimes they do develop speech. Mm -hmm. And seeing a child communicating something in an appropriate way, um, when they'd previously been using punching, kicking, hitting, bashing a door, um, there's nothing more rewarding than that. And the self-esteem that comes from that as child, children grow is why I'm in the job. <laughs> and the challenge that you um, face? I think, the challenge for children with autism, um, or for me. <laughs> Whichever one you want to tell us. I'm quite passionate about, um, I feel like the challenge for the children I work with is the perception of others of autism, their view of autism, and um, the way they see the world is just a different way of seeing the world, and that should be celebrated rather than seen as a disorder or a, di or a disability. So I think um, we do a lot of work on celebrating differences rather than seeing it as something that needs to be fixed or cured. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Do you want to say something else? No. You were okay. Not time. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we just thank you so much. I love hearing like your perspective and what you see and for all of us it's like we're all richer for hearing what you've got to say. Darren this is Darren. Tell us what you do Darren. Hi. Is this on? Yeah. Um, so, I work at Newcastle University. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm a professor of ecology and conservation. Woohoo! We all cheered our life group when it got this professorship the other day. I love that we have such a broad range of everyone involved in education. Everything suddenly... Oh, sorry. What compelled you to work in higher education? That's a very good question. Um, I think growing up as a, as a boy, I was always interested in nature. Mm -hmm. And I was always interested in science. I think some of the other yeah, yeah. speakers have said that as well. Um, and I think there was a time where I thought through study that I could see the state of the natural world um, being heavily degraded and just wanted to do something about it. So I always thought that I might work for a charity um, somewhere around the world. Um, but I think God has different plans sometimes. And uh, so... It turned out that um, I could actually do that through a university, um, but also whilst doing that, I could also work with students as well and try to encourage the next generation of people coming through Amazing. who are going to change the world, and that feels like much more of a privilege. There's a theme, isn't there, with these, uh, these teachers? And everything changed university students all went home everything went upside down you had to take everything online that was huge and you've had to continue your research i guess that's what professors do isn't it like how um you know how has that how has that been this last year for you it's been really hard actually because on the one hand we have to at the university run research groups and our whole research program and on the other we're responsible for the students as well and giving them an education um, and it was particularly disappointing for me because I just won a couple of grants to do some work in Indonesia and Brazil and so on and we were all set to get going and to kind of uh, have some collaborations have people come into the UK uh, doing lots of research and then all of that just stopped and somehow we had to try to do something without actually the benefits of going overseas mm -hmm. Um, and then likewise for our students as well. Um, I think it's just been really hard, uh, particularly for the group that missed out on their A-levels and, and so on, mm. went to university, mm. were told to, to go to university, um, and then straight away there was a lockdown. They were locked away from their parents. They didn't know anybody. Um, we had to try to put everything online as best as we possibly could. Um, and our workloads just went through the roofs and yeah, many of my colleagues sort of uh, it really affected them actually they went on sick um, mm, long term mm, sick leave mm, because mm, of mm. the amount of work that was required was just really difficult 
and dealing with the strains that the students were going over. I know we've been praying for you in life group as you've been pastorally supporting others. Thank you um, so much. It's fascinating hearing all of you. And there's just one person, um, Brian, next door. He doesn't know I'm going to do this, right? But he, <laughs> I've got some, I wait for him to come through. He's a, He's hilarious, and he's going to be like a bit shocked. He's a bit shy, actually. So he might, he's either going to love this or he's going to hate me forever. So if you can all be praying, that would be lovely. Um, I'm going to go on the love me side of things. He's going to be really confused, but I shall tell you why I want to thank him in a moment. <laughs> Charlotte's just telling him to come next door. So he'll be like, why? <laughs> if the band as well want to kind of get ready, we're going to go into a time of worship in a moment. Thank you. and everything, so it's too good to waste. Hang on. Brian? Would you stay there? Would you stand there for a second? I want, he's here in his orange t-shirt, I just wanted to thank you publicly in front of everybody because you're always the person who rings me to double, double check, is this right for kids in a month's time, Nicola? Have we got this? Have we got that? You have the most fantastic ideas for teaching our children about Jesus. You give it 110% all the time. There's a couple of photos that are, that are coming up. You even have, have brought surfboards in to teach them about salvation and being rescued. You've reenacted being rescued from the ocean. Like, every week, you... You come and you offer to do others as well. You're like, are we short this week? Can I help? You always are here. And we want to say thank you to you for giving it all you give. And thank you to all of you for your care, for your compassion, for your looking to other people to learn and to run forward in their lives. So thank you for all that you do to educate and to look after children. All of you and all of you. Thank you.